0: Alright guys, I'm talking into my phone, by myself, in my room. That must mean the Dane and Nick podcast is back. It is President's Day today, baby. By the time you listen to it, I don't know when you'll be listening to it, so you're going to have to deal with that. We're going to be recapping the last week in Pac-12 Hoops. If you're new to the show, the premise is we'll get your favorite Pac-12 Hoops team covered in three minutes or less. I get 90 seconds. Dane gets ninety seconds and I got a life. Dane's got a life. And our publisher's got life. And guess what? Y'all got lives too. So we're gonna get you out and in and quick. Get you some cool stuff to learn. Some basically just some basic, a little bit beyond basic, but some solid information to get on with your day. Alright, so as always, I start with my big three takeaways. And uh first and foremost, ASU is on a hot tear. They've won five straight games and uh Amazing coaching job by Bobby Hurley. They now actually have an outside chance to make the NCAA tournament. UCLA, um, for big takeaway number two. UCLA has now won three in a row and is looking pretty solid now under Mick Cronin. Their record stands at 15-11, but more impressively, 8-5 and five in conference. So, yeah, I mean, they're looking pretty solid. Um, A lot better than people expected. And big takeaway number three is uw this situation season is getting weirder and weirder. I don't know how they're this bad. I don't think anyone does. So with further, without further ado, from Seattle, I'm going to send it down to Arizona where Dane is going to get you started. Holla, buddy.
1: Another great week in the conference. Um, Colorado really missed an opportunity with their defeat at Oregon. If they had won that game, they would have been in um, sole possession in the first place with a game advantage. They dropped the game, they were leading, and, you know, they kind of collapsed in the last five minutes. As a result, they're tied for first now with Oregon. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where they had the opportunity, it slipped through their fingers. And so now they're going to have to make up for it over these last two and a half, three weeks or whatever is left in the season and hope that Oregon stumbles on the road against Arizona this week. That's really... Um, going to be a major matchup when the Sun Devils play Oregon on Thursday and then when Arizona and Oregon square off on Saturday. Um, those are clearly the biggest games, the most important um, relevancy to the the race for the regular season, uh, championships. So, And the other teams, I mean, Arizona State got its first road sweep ever in the Pac-12 era, which was a major development for their program. Arizona also got a sweep, uh, their second road sweep of the season. So those are the three main stories is, you know, Oregon and Colorado locked there and tie for first. And Arizona State and Arizona sweeping uh, the Bay Area programs. So this week is going to be a major um, decider in the conference race. <music>
0: So, as mentioned at the top of the show, um, one of the big three takeaways. The first team we're going to be talking about today is the ASU Sun Devils. Their record is 17-8, and 8-4 eight, eight and in conference. And just again, that this five-game winning streak has completely revitalized their season. Uh, they had no chance of making the NCAA tournament before this. So, it's a pretty impressive. And again, as I mentioned at the top, a uh, very, very solid coaching job by Bobby Hurley. His team continued to fight. So, on Thursday, they beat Stanford in a comfortable win. They hung on to win by five. Um, Stanford made a late run, um, but really ASU was in control from start to finish. And um, Remy Martin made a kind of game ceiling layup in the final with like under a minute left to put him up five and ultimately dashed Stanford's hopes. So Remy Martin had 24 points. Alonzo Verge Jr. had 19 points, seven rebounds and four assists. And Verge Jr. is looking like a very nice sidekick to Remy Martin. And we'll actually further that discussion as we hop over to Saturday's game, where ASU beat a feisty Cal team, um, completed a huge, huge uh, sweep on the road trip. To get a sweep on a road trip is always big. Um, love saying that back-to-back, sounds super weird. And again, in this game, Remy Martin, 22 points, 5 assists, but almost more impressively, Alonzo Vera Jr., 22 points, 6 rebounds. And, um, yeah, this team is now making an outside bid for the NCAA tournament. Maybe not even an outside bid anymore. In the emergence of Alonzo Verge Jr., this team could really, really be going places.
2: So the Sun Devils got their first road sweep in the Pac-12 era. Um, It's a major accomplishment for their program. It's a huge step forward for the development up there in Tempe. And uh, it's really a sign of... um, the Bobby Hurley era, and all that it's accomplished. So they got it done with the victories, of course, over Stanford and California. And um, both games were pretty contested, hard-fought, close games. And they battled out and got through it. A lot of the reason has to do with Alonzo Verge. He's, um, as of the last two or three weeks, maybe a month, really um, played a lot better than he was at the beginning of the year. He's sort of found his niche and he's been able to hit his shots with more consistency. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And of course, Remy Martin is still doing his thing scoring, you know, probably at least 20 points per game in conference play and is a candidate at least for the uh, player of the year in the whole conference. So, um, yeah, it's like I said, it's a huge development for them. Uh big steps. Um, they are also on a five-game winning streak, for the first time in I think eleven years or something since two thousand nine around there. So, a uh, big things happening up there in Tempe, and realistically, it's only gonna keep moving forward.
0: So the next team we're gonna be talking about here, the third place Arizona Wildcats, record is eighteen and seven, eight and four in conference, and um, not too like crazy of a week of results kind of what you would have expected from a solid Wildcats team so on Thursday they beat Cal Lee and um plain and simple these are the type of performance we should be expecting out of UA um talent wise Cal shouldn't be shouldn't even be on the same court as them it is important to note however that Zeke Najee is really really starting to mer- emerge as a star arguably the best player in the conference champions Pac-12 shouts to Billy Walton young Billy young, 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 young Billy all right so um Zeke Najee, 21 points, five rebounds, two blocks um, against Cal on Thursday. Dylan Smith, 14 points and five rebounds. Nico Mannion had 10 points and five assists. So nice balance attack from three three different players. And uh, on Saturday, they played a really tough Stanford team who really gave them all they could handle and more. But it was just an impressive result from Arizona to be able to kind of hang on and uh yeah, just find a way to win on the road. Um, same thing I said about ASU in the previous segment. There's no such thing as a bad road sweep. You win two on the road, you're doing good things. Against Stanford, Zeke Naji, twenty-one points, eleven rebounds, Josh Green, fifteen points, six rebounds, and Dylan Smith with eleven points and six boards. And I think this weekend could have secured the Wildcats into the NCAA tournament, um barring some sort of epic collapse.
2: Arizona swept the Bay Area programs for the uh sixth time. In the Pac-12 era, they also, in the um, process, increased their total road sweeps in the Pac-12 era to 15, and so both of the games were, uh, I want to say, free throw battles. There were a lot of fouls called in both games. They were very choppy, really not fun to watch, and frustrating just in general, but uh, Arizona got it done. Um and that's really all that matters. Uh, the road sweeps are huge in the Pac-12 regular season race. If you can't get road sweeps, it's tough to win. Uh, the regular season championship and now Arizona has two. Uh, as I said before, Arizona State got one this year. So um, the two Arizona schools are the only ones with road sweeps at this point. Um, but yeah, really, uh, Nico Mannion has not really hasn't played that well in a few weeks and Arizona is still getting it done uh, in this game against Stanford stone getting struggled. The one consistent thing for the Wildcats all season has been Zeke Najee uh, without Zeke uh, the cats wouldn't be nowhere near where they're at right now. And also backup point guard Jamal Baker jr has been fantastic and a very pivotal part of UV's success.
0: So we're going to hop over uh, to Boulder, where we're going to talk about the Buffs. Uh, they've they've reached that elusive 20-win mark this year, so their record's 20-6, 9-4 in conference. On Thursday, they played, um, I mean, you can't say the most important, but arguably the most important game of the year in the Pac-12. They lost a very tough matchup against uh, Oregon um, on the road in Eugene. They actually had a 12-point lead with about 18 minutes left, so it looked like they were going to win this game and... Um, you know, um, not clinch the Conference of Champions, but definitely if they had that sweep over Oregon, it wouldn't hurt things. That's for darn sure. And so, um, looking at the bigger picture, it is a very tough loss, but they still have an opportunity to win the conference and uh, make a run in the NCAA tournament. And um, on the Thursday matchup, Deshaun Schwartz, led with 14 points and 5 rebounds. Evan Batty, 14 points and 11 rebounds. But I think the story of the game is that Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright only combined for 12 points. Again, Tyler Bay and McKinley Wright Only combined for 12 points. That's probably why they lost. So on Saturday they did have a huge bounce back against Oregon State. Um, It was a kind of back and forth first half, but in the second half the Buffs' talent pulled away. Um, I think this was a very um, this was this game was the sign of an experienced team to be able to put that Oregon loss in the rear rear view mirror and move on. And uh, against OSU, Tyler Bay bounced back with 21 points, 15 rebounds. McKinley Wright 13 points, 10 rebounds, and six assists.
2: Colorado really had an opportunity to almost seal the regular season championship in their favor. They were beating Oregon for most of the game and they pretty much collapsed in the last five minutes or so, allowed Oregon to come back in the game, go on a run, and ended up losing by about eight or so. that defeat is going to be really... Um, one of those moments you can point to and say this is where Colorado lost the regular season championship because I don't think they're gonna win the regular season championship. I think if they were gonna do it, they were gonna beat Oregon and that was gonna be it. Um they still have a road trip to the Bay Area and that's a difficult one. Both Stanford and California are difficult places to win at. And I just I know they played fantastic against Oregon State, had a great bounce back performance in that all access coverage by FS1, which was great, but really, um, if you were gonna win the Pac-12 regular season, you needed to beat Oregon right there, and they were winning, like I said, for most of the game, and they let it slip, and that is a that's a serious blow to their chances. Uh, anything can still happen because all the other schools, you know, have have road trips as well left. Uh, Arizona has to go to the LA programs. Oregon has to come to Arizona. So we'll see moving forward, but I think it was a massive opportunity they let slip uh, through their fingers. Ouch,
0: ouch, 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 ouch. This week hurt the Utes. No other way around it. Um, so the previous week, the Utes had actually um, beaten Cal and Stanford in back-to-back games, and it looked like they really might be kind of turning their season in the right direction. They're sitting at 5 and 6 in conference, right in the thick of things, as every team was last week. But now they're 14-11, 5-8 over in all. And, eight and uh, just the results this week really hurt. On Thursday, they got schwapped by Oregon State. Um, not really a lot to say. I mean, getting like beaten by Oregon State easily, that's not a result that Utah really should... Um, I mean, that's just not an acceptable result for a team that would like to obviously play in the postseason. Maybe not realistic, but everyone wants that. So Brandon Carlson against the Beavers. Um, he had 13 points, 8 rebounds. Timmy Allen only had six points, and it does feel like he's been inconsistent as of recent. Um, And as previously mentioned, this loss completely stunts their momentum from the prior week. On Saturday, uh, again, got blown out of the gym by Oregon. Ryland Jones led the way with 18 points. Um, But again, Timmy Allen only 10 points, uh, six turnovers and six assists. And this inconsistency is becoming a trend. I'm not sure if I said this about Thursday, so if I said it twice, deal with it. But they really need him to put it up like 18 to 20 points a game. Um if this team really wants to be successful and that's just not happening on a consistent basis anymore. So again, this weekend stymied any realistic chances team had at a post play.
1: Same story with Utah as it's been all conference season. They can't get a victory on the road. Um, they play great out there in Salt Lake city, but they can't translate it, um, away from uh, home. So, uh, when you're not able to do that, you're going to be stuck at the bottom of the conference, you know, no matter what. So, uh, these games were both 20-point defeats or around there. And, uh, I mean, they kind of got it close at the second half in the Oregon game. They cut it to 10 points, but they were never able to get any closer than that. Timmy Allen has sort of fallen off from his um, peak production this season. Uh, I feel like he hasn't been playing up to his full potential, and that's hurt them a little bit. Rylan Jones is getting better every game and he's clearly their point guard for the future for the next three seasons, which is uh, major for them. But this year, I mean, they're at the bottom of the conference, there's no way to get around it. Um, they do have five wins, but I mean, they're on the same level essentially as Washington State and California can't win away from home and usually hold serve at home. They have the one loss to Oregon at the Huntsman Center but um other than that they've beaten everybody who's come to Salt Lake City so that's at least one positive but if you can't win on the road and you know that's just where they're going to be who knows how they'll do in Las Vegas um that's kind of a wild card at this point cuz it's a neutral court
0: This is one of those um, quiet weeks from the Trojans that I think is actually a lot bigger than it may have kind of looked or on paper. But that's just a weird way to say it. looked on paper. You like that random pause? I was I was digging it. So um, UC is now nineteen and seven, eight and five, and probably a lock for the NCAA tournament, and that's in large part due to this weekend. Um, they had a nice win against UW on Thursday. Um, obviously, it's a home contest, but UW still very talented. So it was a back and forth um, contest throughout and. Bottom line is they found a way to win. Um, I could give you a bunch of stats, which I'll give you a little bit, but bottom line is they found a way to win. And like I said at the top, looks a lot bigger than, or much bigger win than it may have looked on paper. So against the Dogs, Nick Rukisovic, 19 points, 9 rebounds. Jonah Matthews chipped in 16 points and 4 rebounds. And freshman Isaiah Mobley with 10 points and 7 boards. So nice balanced attack. And on Saturday, they handled um, WSU from start to finish at home. Just looked like the more talented team. And uh, I think, um, I really think that this is probably going to be enough to get them into the NCAA tournament. Um, As I said about Arizona, obviously an epic collapse is possible, but probably unlikely. So, UC can probably book their ticket for the big dance. And against the Cougs on Saturday, they're led by Daniel Utomi, Utomi at 23 points, 6 rebounds. Ethan Anderson, 12 points, 5 rebounds. And again, Isaiah Mobley with 9 points and 11 boards. So if Isaiah Mobley can start to find his rhythm, it would really increase the um, productivity of this team.
2: The Trojans swept at home against the Washington schools. Very big victories for um, that program. The Washington matchup in particular is a uh, a tough one for them, mostly because their athletes are somewhat negated by the 2-3 zone that Washington runs. And so a lot of the advantages that they normally have against most teams are um mitigated because of that zone defense, and so uh, the fact that they were able to come from behind once again and beat the Huskies at the Galen Center was big. It was a very important victory, uh, really pivotal for their seeding heading into March. Um, and like I said, another come from behind victory is very big for the confidence of the players, Andy Enfield's belief in not only his coaching abilities but. His team and how they're able to overcome, um, you know, obstacles in game and adjust. Um, Very very important win for them. And then the Wazoo game, of course, um, they didn't have Washington State didn't have Isaac Bonton, so that game was mostly a blowout. And but it's really noteworthy that the Trojans got that done without their best player Anyeka Okongwu, who was out with concussion um, in both of those games. The fact that they were a blowout Wazoo and beat Dub without Okongwu is massive, very important for their confidence, even Ethan Anderson went down uh, in the Washington or Washington State game, and so they're without him for a little bit, and uh, Jonah Matthews really stepped up in the absence
0: Alright, next up, heading across LA or sideways across LA or north, south, east, west, I don't know where UCLA is in comparison to USC, I'm from Seattle, come on now, I've been to LA, but I don't follow it that closely deal with it peeps so, um, but in all seriousness, uh, at the top of this show, I mentioned that UCLA was one of the big three stories, and um, I'm thoroughly impressed with the way this squad has bounced back. Their 15-11 and 11 overall record doesn't look that good, but 8-5 and five in conference is 8-5 and five in conference anyway you want to slice, it, and that's darn impressive. So on Thursday, they beat uh, WSU in an impressive come from victory. I believe they were telling by 10 points in the, the second half, and these are the type of wins that build character, especially for a team with a new coach. And uh, just a nice home victory. Um, Cody Riley took over the game in overtime. Looked absolutely unstoppable. And uh, he had 19 points and 4 rebounds. And Chris Smith had 23 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks. So, amazing performance by Chris Smith. On Saturday, again, another come from victory against UW. I believe they're trailing by double digits again in the second half and found a way to pull it out. And I'll, I want to preface this with it's probably not likely. But they now have given themselves a small Small sliver of a hope to make the NCAA tournament, which is more than anyone would have expected in Cronin's first year. So it's pretty cool to see that. And again, on Saturday against the Huskies, Chris Smith with another 20-point outing, 20 points, 4 rebounds. Cody Riley, 15 points, 7 rebounds. And uh, David Singleton with 14 points. And uh, the Bruins have now won three games in a row.
2: The Bruins swept at home as well, similar to USC. And um, they're right there in the thick of things. Eight and five in conference play. I said last week that they can make the NCAA tournament. I'm sticking by that. I am full believe that if the if the the Bruins went out and they make it to the championship game of the Pac-12 tournament, they have a decent shot at an at large bid. Especially with the fact that Stanford has kind of gone by the wayside. There's an appetite for the selection committee to give six Pac-12 teams. The minimum is likely five, but there's an, um, an an appetite for a six. And UCLA is probably the team uh, most likely to, to sneak in. Uh, they need to win out. They can't lose another game in the regular season. And as I said, they need to make it to the championship game of the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, the victory over Wazoo was slightly a little questionable. I thought they were going to handle that much better than they did. Isaac Bonten played well. CJ LB is, um did too. So Wazoo did what they do, but um, I thought UCLA would be able to uh, win that more comfortably, and they didn't, so that's um, a little bit questionable. But, you know, um, things like that happen, and the important thing is that they got the victory. So moving forward, uh, they need to continue to win. They can't lose another game.
0: So we're going to be hopping from one hot team to a team that's not so hot and they've been struggling recently. We're going to be talking about the Cal Golden Bears here. Currently 10-15 and 15 overall with the 4-8 record in conference. And so uh, they played a late game, so my Saturday notes may not be as smooth. There may be a little stutter. stutter, stutter, stutter. Uh, so do got the Thursday notes. So that game was played early. So on Thursday, uh, they lost to the more talented team in UA. That's the bottom line. Uh, they weren't going to win this game. They played them tough, did the best they could, but they just didn't have enough. Um, could analyze that real deeply, but they didn't have enough talent. So Matt Bra- Matt Bradley, as always, led the way with 19 points and eight rebounds. Andre Kelly chipped in eight points and nine rebounds, but really just didn't have enough. Um, tough home loss for them. And um, this, I I really think this weekend's slate of games is just gonna kind of propel Cal back towards the bottom of the conference where they're projected at the beginning of the year, but still much improvement over Mark Fox. If we hop over to Saturday, um, in my notes it says yet to be played, so. Uh, i watched the highlights. Um, ASU basically... I mean, it was a pretty close game throughout, to be honest. Um, kind of back-and-forth battle, but ASU did have just enough in the end. Remy Martin propelled um, the Sun Devils, but we're talking about Cal here. So Matt Bradley had 22 points, again, leading the way. A nice uh, chip-in from Grant Antisevich, 18 points and 8 rebounds. And uh, Paris Austin had 17 points, 5 assists and 5 rebounds, but again... Cal just didn't have enough talent to get it done, even though they played a great matchup.
2: The Bears dropped both of their games at home to the Arizona schools. They were competitive in both. Matt Bradley did ridiculous things in both, and he is likely going to the NBA at the end of the season, though Mark Fox might be able to convince him to stay for another year. Uh, In all likelihood, though, I I would see him uh, declaring for the NBA. Probably not getting drafted, though he has a chance and starting his career off in the G League uh but yeah I mean really the Bears had holds had held serve at home um uh, most of this conference season and they let these games slip through their fingers a little bit the one against Arizona um you know kind of got away from them in the last about five minutes or so against ASU they were losing throughout most of it uh Bradley got into foul trouble right he had two fouls within the first two minutes of the game had to sit for a significant portion of the first half it really hurt them but in the the meantime during that period uh Antisovich really stepped up I think he finished with 18 points 20 points was hitting threes hitting twos really playing well for them um but yeah, I mean it's it's tough when you lose at home, you really you can't lose at home. That's just the bottom line, and the fact that they lost both games this weekend at home is really uh it's unacceptable, but um you know, Cal is what they are, and it's gonna take some recruiting classes to really build them up.
0: So of course, we're going to Cal's rival here, going over to the farm in Stanford, and uh their season is just really starting to fall after that hot start. Their record is still sixteen and nine, so they still have some pretty cool opportunities with that sixteen mark. But five and seven conference suddenly doesn't look so good. And this week really hurt them. I think that this this is the week that really may have knocked them out of the NCAA tournament. And yeah, it's that time of the year. So if if I'm not talking about the tournament, why you watching college basketball? Come on, we all skip work, we all do our thing. You know, we may have some beers, donuts, McDonald's, maybe something healthy, maybe some green tea. That's what I'm sipping right now. But it's that time of year. We get in there. So again, Stanford sixteen and nine, five and seven, five and seven overall. On Thursday, they lost to ASU. Um, fell behind by double digits in the second half. Um, got it back to three, but couldn't complete the comeback. I think that this loss is the turning point in their perpetual downward slide. That's straight out the notes. Um, so they lost four straight, and they got swept at home this weekend. That really hurts. Tyrell Terry, twenty-four points, three assists, and two turnovers. Jane Delaire added eleven points and four rebounds. And they had no Oscar de Silva on Thursday against uh, ASU. On Saturday, again, played Arizona tough, but lost to the more talented and better team. Bryce Wills led the way at 25 points, including 20 in the second half. Oscar de Silva was back, added 15 points and 5 rebounds. Uh, Tyrell Terry was not there. He only had 3 points, 2 turnovers. And uh, it wasn't a terrible loss, but it looks absolutely awful because of uh, what happened to them earlier in the week against ASU and this segment's going to run a little bit longer because I want to point out that in the last two weeks, Tyrell Terry has done absolutely nothing. Um, Yeah, he had 24 points on Thursday, but as a point guard, his assist-to-turnover ratio is absolutely terrible. Um, Last week it was awful, and this week uh, it looks like four assists to four turnovers. That's not going to get it done.
2: Stanford lost both of their games at home. The Arizona programs and for all intents and purposes are completely out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Oscar De Silva did not play in the ASU game, but he did play in the Arizona game. Uh, He was dealing with foul trouble a lot of the Arizona games, so it wasn't as effective as he could have been. And bottom line is that they lost both the games and at least in the Arizona game Tyrell Terry was nowhere to be found he was being guarded by Nico Mannion and really didn't take advantage of that uh he hit one three I remember it was a great shot but other than that I don't even remember him scoring at all he might have got a free throw or two but that's a serious issue when your star freshman is being shut down and he's he's had some real big growing pains that um weren't expected at the beginning of the conference season. I mean, he had such a good non-conference that uh, you're expecting him to play at the whole pace, at least in the uh, in the conference season. He hasn't been able to do that, and that's a key issue with them. Um, similar, Spencer Jones has been completely absent during this losing streak, has been unable to hit his threes. Uh, Mills really stepped up in the Arizona game, had a career-high 18, but like i said uh the cardinals are on such a, a poor stretch that they played themselves out of the ncaa tournament and they need to turn it around really fast but they have a tough uh remaining schedule still they host colorado they have to go to oregon and washington so that's tough for them mm-hmm.
0: I've even shouted out Dane yet this week. What's up, Dane, man? I don't know i may maybe a little bit at the top. i just saying, what's goody? All right, so next team we're gonna hop into here after the awesome shout out. Talking about the Ducks here, twenty and six, nine and four. Um, so twenty six overall, nine and four in conference. Yeah, you get it. On Thursday, they had the huge and probably their most important conference game of the year with the victory against Colorado. They were trailing by twelve points in the second half, and a huge comeback win. And especially to get it at home, it's always nice to get big victories like that in front of the home fan base. And uh, these type of performances show what Oregon is capable of. To erase a 12-point deficit against a solid, I mean, I'd say a very good team, not elite team. But either way, to erase a 12-point deficit against a 21 team is no easy task and shows what they're truly capable of. Will Richardson led the way at 21 points, 9 rebounds. And as always, cool-handed Peyton Pritchard, 15 points. 11 rebounds and six assists. And as mentioned in the Colorado segment, they held McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay to only 12 points. So that some credit is should be handed over to Oregon. On Saturday, they still had to play Utah. Uh, they beat them easily. Honestly, I don't even have stats for this game. Who really cares? Bottom line is they swept their um they swept their slate at home games this weekend. They are now 26, 9 and 4. Um pretty I mean, if they hadn't locked up then say tournament, now they're in for sure. And uh, they took care of business this week with that huge win over Colorado.
1: Oregon hit about 10 three-pointers in the first half of the Utah game. And, I mean, when you're shooting that hot from three, especially at home, you're going to win, you know, 99% of the time. And they got it done against Utah pretty easily. Uh, Earlier in the week was obviously the bigger game with the Colorado, uh, you know, the matchup and on national TV and all the implications it had for, the conference race and things like that um, and of course you know Oregon came from behind and won so they did what they needed to do they're still undefeated at Matthew Knight Arena and they are in a really good spot moving forward for the rest of the season they have um, I think one road trip left to Arizona here this week and then their remaining games are at home so if they can even just split the road trip in Arizona, they're probably in a a pretty good chance to at least get a a share of the Pac twelve title, and if they are able to sweep the Arizona schools, they could probably win it outright. So, um, again, it's still you know it's Peyton Pritchard that runs the show out there. Uh, Will Richardson started tonight for the first time against Utah, and um, so yeah, it's big for them moving forward. Even though Nafali Dante is still out. With the injury so when he gets back he'll at least add some size down there on the defensive end
0: so the next team we're going to talk about here is the oregon state beavers and uh i'm actually going to cut all the jokes aside for this segment uh maybe i'll slip one and we'll see but so we're talking about the beavers and their record is 15 and 10 which isn't terrible and they're five and eight in conference but i've been thoroughly disappointed by this team this year i don't think that wayne tinkle is doing a good enough job coaching them um, coming from a place of love, I don't mean to attack anybody, but I I believe this is a very talented team. Um, Ethan Thompson is a great shooter, solid shot maker. Kyler Kelly is a force down low. And Trey Sinkle is one of the best all-around players in conference, so I'm not really understanding where this 5-8 and eight conference record comes from. And um, yeah, it's kind of upsetting. It's not like the Beavers are a traditional basketball powerhouse, and it feels like they're letting a good team go to waste. So on Thursday, they blew Utah out of the water with this aforementioned talent. The trio that I just named: uh, Kyler Kelly, 16 points, nine rebounds; Ethan Thompson, 13 points and 11 assists; and Trey Tinkle, I don't have the stats up, but I'm sure he did good as always. Zach Reichel shot the ball well, finishing double figures. So they, you know, I mean, these are the type of performances that Oregon State should be putting out on a regular basis. And then on Saturday, they fall. They followed up by getting blown out of Colorado. And granted, Colorado's um, one of the best teams in conference, but. They should not be getting blown out by them. At least play them tough. So on Saturday in the Colorado game, Ethan Thompson, seventeen points, five rebounds, um, four assists. For sorry, let me say that. Ethan Thompson, seventeen points, five rebounds, four assists. And Trey Tinkle added ten points and thirteen rebounds. Bottom line is Oregon State didn't get it done. Again,
2: Oregon State played inconsistent, as they have almost the entire season. They blew out Utah, and then were blown out by Colorado that's just a picture perfect summary of how their season has gone super inconsistent can't seem to put two games together in a row and it's just uh it's frustrating because you know that they have potential to be uh, one of the top teams in the conference they have the victories over Colorado, Oregon, Stanford and Arizona and yet somehow um you know they play so inconsistent and uh, what do they have they have 5 wins in conference so that's uh, just not acceptable considering the fact that you have one of the best players in the history of the conference and seniors all around you or juniors all around you um that should not be happening and they could probably do some damage in the NCAA, i mean in the uh Pac-12 tournament coming up here to do that they really need to improve their seed from where they're at right now they're at a, it looks like an 8 seed So ideally, you want to bump that up um, above Stanford and Utah. So you need to continue uh, to at least split road trips, but you can't have home losses. It's just the bottom line, and um, so I can't explain this team. They're so inconsistent. I mean, they have so much potential, but yet they just drop games that they shouldn't, and uh, it's really unexplainable other than coaching.
0: So, uh, as we're hopping into our final two teams here the weekend, we're going to start with the Washington State Cougars. Their record is currently 14 and 12, um, 5 and 8 in conference. On Thursday, they lost to UCLA in overtime. Uh, played them tough, held a 10 point lead in the second half, but couldn't hold on to it. Um, the UCLA WSU games have both gone to overtime this year, so I think it's kind of a fair result that they got the split with both um, with each team making one pretty cool comeback. So, look at the Cougs as a big picture. Still struggling to win on the road. I don't believe they have a Pac-12 win on the road yet this year. Yeah, zero wins on the road. Not, not going to get it done. Um, again, on Thursday against UCLA, Isaac Bonton with 23 points, 5 assists. Jeff Pollard, 20 points, 6 rebounds. And uh, CJ Ellaby has held to 10 points. Uh, the Cougs just didn't have the athleticism or size or just, you know, the elite Pac-12 players to stop a stud like Cody Riley for UCLA. On Saturday, the Cougs competed for probably the first 10-15 minutes against USC, but again, the more talented team just pulled out. The Trojans, uh, yeah, just better team from top to bottom than the Cougs. Uh, CJ Ellaby, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 5 turnovers. Noah Williams with 10 points and 3 assists. So, they're outmatched uh, physically, athletically, and talent-wise against USC, plain and simple. I know I said that twice, but this is just facts um the one bright spot for the Cougs is the host Cal and Stanford next and have opportunity to bounce back to that 7 and 8 mark in conference instead of where they currently stand at 5 and 8.
2: The injury to Isaac Bonten is the most important uh, I guess takeaway from this weekend for Wazoo. Um they still can't win away from uh Pullman and I don't know if they're going to be able to all season though they are getting more competitive in those games on the road. Uh they had an opportunity to get a, a victory this weekend but sort of let it um, slip through their fingers yet again. Uh, CJ LB is going to do what he does. And um, like I said, without Isaac Bonten, um, they're a completely different team. They are blown out um, when, when he wasn't playing. So we'll see how what the extent of his injury is. Um, I remember it. I was watching the game. It was a, I don't want to say it was a non-contact, but it felt like it, he might have bumped his knee or something. I don't know, but... Um, Certainly a lower body uh lower body injury, and um hopefully he gets back as soon as possible because he's really the the engine other than of course um Alibi who who drives that uh you know that that program up there but um coming back for the rest of the season, you know really looking forward to the pac 12 tournament, they're probably gonna win one game um I wouldn't be surprised if they won one I don't think they're gonna win two. But um they probably win their first round game. And um that's I guess a huge, you know, development for this program. Um moving forward, it all come down to recruiting.
0: The last team we were talking about, and seriously, this is getting mysterious at this point, is the Washington Huskies. I mean, they're twelve and fourteen and two and eleven in conference. Like I knew they were bad, but when I wrote that down and saw that they were two and eleven, it just it's like it really hit home. Like, wow, like what is happening, Malt? Like this year, I guess, after review the games, we can't just look at only the bigger picture. But wow, just what the heck, man! So, on Thursday, same old story, same old story. At least they didn't build a big lead this time. They played uh, the Trojans on Thursday, kind of back and forth affair, but couldn't get it done in the end. The Trojans made the plays down the stretch. If you look at the Huskies, Jaden McDaniels with 19 points and 12 rebounds, Isaiah Stewart with 13 points and 11 rebounds. Um, yeah, the stats don't matter. These two are out after the season. I, I Obviously, I don't know 100%, but they're probably both leaving uh, for the NBA, especially after the results this year. On Saturday, they blew another freaking lead. Another one again. So they had a 12-point lead in on the road at UCLA and just couldn't get it done. And uh, this is coaching. I, I love Mike Hopkins. I think he's a great coach, but uh, this is coaching. They've blown so many terrible big leads and it's this is becoming a very disconcerting trend i mean they've done this five six seven times already um another notable stat they're one in ten since point guard quad a green went out due to academic ineligibility um i'm not even going to drop any more stats for this game bottom line is uw's not getting it done who cares if they play next they have one chance to win the ncaa tournament and if not this is one of the most disappointing seasons in the history of ncaa they're very high expectations at the beginning of the year
2: The Huskies just continue to lose games. Bottom line, they've been in, they've been you know competitive in all of them. They've been right there. They've led a lot of them in the second half. They've had opportunities to win all of the games, and they just haven't got it done at the end. And it's just it all comes back to Quad A Green. There's no way around it. Your starting point guard, who's McDonald's All American, uh, really ran that system, and without him. They're not getting wins, and that's just the bottom line to it. It makes you think like how good Washington would have been if they still had Quad A Green, because look, even without him, they're competitive in all these games, even on the road. They're close to winning them. They're winning late in the second half, and you got to think that if Green was there, they'd be winning those games. They'd probably be um, right there at the top of the conference gunning for the regular season championship, and they're not doing that. Um, obviously they're on a massive losing streak they have two conference wins 11 conference losses they're on their way to a losing season and the fact that this is going to have on the recruiting trail uh, is unclear at this point but Mike Hopkins has been able to recruit very well up to this point and this could be a major setback that really uh, destroys the redevelopment of that program it's um, It remains to be seen how it really affects on the recruiting trail, but that's something that we need to keep an eye on because it's probably the most important thing moving forward.
0: All right, so that's it. That's twelve teams, baby. That's twelve teams, baby. All right. So in closing, you know, I got like my like intro and my notes throughout the podcast. But in closing, it's like my ninety seconds to do my own thing. It's like around the horn. You know, you get thirty seconds if you win. I don't know if I won, but I'm taking my ninety. All copyrights to round the horn. Go to ESPN. I'm not infringing on their property. Love that show. No disrespect. They do their own thing. We do our own thing. Hot So I will, again, kind of um, you want to sound cool for that cooler talk, locker talk. Three big takeaways from the week. ASU is on a hot tear. They've won five straight and um, just did a phenomenal coaching job by Bobby Hurley. Earlier in this year in this podcast and in some of my writings, I'd counted ASU out. I felt like they didn't have enough talent to make the NTA tournament. And uh, they're proving me wrong. Um, they really are. And it's, it's pretty cool to see, especially with uh, Bobby Hurley's scrappy, um, defensive-minded, hard-nosed uh, approach. His team seems to be buying into that and finding a way to win games. That's the bottom line. UCLA is on a huge come-up under McCronin. That's going to be our second big takeaway. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one projected this at the beginning of the year. And by UCLA standards, obviously you expect more. Um, But in his first year, this is phenomenal. And uh, it'll probably boost their recruiting class, which is most importantly. The recruits now realize that the Bruins, probably something Bruin or McCronin. And third and foremost, Duskies suck. Um, Conspiracy theory alert. I think that there may be something going on more in Montlake behind the scenes. Between UW's football season and UW's basketball season, something fishy is happening. Maybe they both are just having a terribly downright year. But it feels like something more than that. And um, I'm not going to dive too deep into that. I'll just say that. Something may be going on behind the scenes in the whole UW Athletics Department program. So for that, I took another extra 30 seconds. Thanks for listening. Holla, deuces. Dane will take you out from sunny Arizona. From Seattle, I'm Nick. Have a nice day. Green tea for life.
1: As we stand right now, five teams probably get into the NCAA tournament. I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week because it's pretty much been this way for since January or so, really since the beginning of the non-conference season, the consensus was there were going to be about five teams in the Pac-12 uh, making the NCAA tournament. There was a week or so, or maybe it looked like six could happen, uh, but now that Stanford has fallen off and Arizona State has taken their place, um, you know the five schools are Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Colorado, and USC. So those are the teams that are probably locks at this point. And then your bubble teams are definitely Stanford. And I'm going to go ahead and throw UCLA in there because I think that if they went out, they'll be right there on the bubble. Um, Kind of a long shot, but I still think UCLA is playing great recently. And if they can continue to play that way, um, they could uh, possibly get the last at-large bid, the sixth and final from the Pac-12. So... This week, like I said earlier, um, is going to be huge moving forward for the conference race. So Oregon goes to ASU and U of A, and those two games will probably decide the race, um, at least from a Colorado standpoint. If Colorado uh, wins both their games at home this week and Oregon stumbles, uh, at least in one of those games, they have a much better chance of winning the championship.